Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 132. John and Wendy talk to Melanie Hellman. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? Wendy, I am well, and it is hard to believe we are in September. Right? School is back. We, I, I, well, some, some of you may have heard me sing about it last week. You know, Wendy, I've been thinking a lot. We've been talking a lot about what could we do in the month of September yeah. to ask for some help. A lot of times this time of year, you see PBS stations in particular, they do pledge drives and they ask for money and they'll put on these really cool shows that they put on like once or twice a year. Yeah. We're not doing that. I don't have a version of Les Mis on Broadway <laughs> or or some great you know jazz performance or anything like that. We're doing a pledge drive for the yes. month of September. We are not asking for money, though. Nope. What we're asking for is this. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you came for Melanie, great. Welcome, and please keep coming back. For our weekly listeners, we're going to ask at the front to share. We typically ask you at the end, but we are really looking at different ways to continue to spread the message about Social Hour and what we're doing. And what we're going to ask is that each week in the month of September, just once, if you'll share an episode, it could be the episode that just comes out. So like this one with Melanie, maybe it's your favorite episode. Maybe it's a pop culture episode. Maybe it's a Wonder Woman show. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. we're going to ask that you share it on any of the socials and use the hashtag listen to T.O. Listen to H-R-S-H. Now, people are like, okay, great, John. So I share. What, what does that mean? Well, you're helping us boost our signal. Yep. But something we are doing, just so if you donated money to that PBS station and you get a tote bag or an umbrella or maybe the DVD of that great Les Mis performance, whatever it may be, (laughs) we're going to have a giveaway for those of you who participate. We will tell you later in the month what it is. I will tell you, though, it is international friendly. So if you're overseas, if your country will accept the mail, which we have found out our friends in Peru will not take mail from the United States right now. Sorry, Peru. Sorry, Peru. But for those of you that are overseas that want to participate, the giveaway will be something that I could mail you. So, again, help us. Yes. Pledge a little bit of your time to us by sharing a show. Hashtag listen to HRSH. We would really, really appreciate it because, again, we just want to continue to grow this thing. Mm -hmm. And we have never asked for money. We'll never ask for money from you. You can certainly buy things that are in our store. That money goes to charity. Help us out this way. We would greatly appreciate it. Definitely. I, and I think, John, it's a great idea just to get uh, get some of those episodes out there and, you know, pick your favorite. Go back in time. We don't care. We just want to see them out there. It's always fun to see. And, and we know people share just a, a concentrated way to do that. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going to talk about it each week in September uh, just for a little bit. This is kind of the major announcement, though. Again, listen to HRSH. And for those of you that participate, we will be sending out a small token of appreciation that is highly appropriate for this show, is highly appropriate for our listenership. I think you're going to really enjoy it. But we'll talk about that once we get closer to the end of the month. Yep. Wendy, I am thrilled about tonight's guest because I think it is fair to say in the two and a half years that we have done this show, we have never had somebody that works in my world. I mean, we're all HR professionals, but we've had so many healthcare people on this show. And I I have the utmost respect for the healthcare industry. I appreciate everything you do. I think Melanie is the first guest we've had that I share this bond with when it comes to working in the electric space. So I'm super excited about it. I may start geeking out. She may get really scared. We'll have to wait and see. 
I'm going to stop gushing. I'll let you make the introduction. We will get started. Wonderful. I'm so excited to welcome Melanie Hellman to the show tonight. She is a SHRM certified professional with over eight years of HR experience. She started in the manufacturing world, first at a private smaller company as an HR department of one before moving to a Fortune 500 global company with a large HR team. She is now the HR manager for a not-for-profit electric utility company. She is a graduate of Wright State University with a bachelor's degree in psychology, which is perfect for HR. It just really is. And has an MBA with a focus on leadership from Bluffton University. She is located in Dayton, Ohio, and lives with her best friend, husband of 12 and a half years, eight-year-old daughter, and six-year-old son. Well, Melanie, welcome to the show tonight. We are super, super pumped to have you here. But our first question is, what's in your glass? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I just met you guys, and <laughs> I'm so excited to get to talk to you in person. And um, so what's in my glass? I have Florida Fever, which is a wine from Florida Orange Groves Winery in St. Petersburg, Florida. Since I can't be there thanks to COVID, <laughs> I'm going to be enjoying their wine anyway. So I've been Love saving it. it for a special occasion, and that was tonight. Perfect, especially since HR Florida starts next week, <laughs> and none of us will be there. None. But, but that's all right. Florida Fever? Yeah, it's a passion fruit wine. So they make fruit, different fruit wines. None of it's wow. grape-based with flavor. They're all <laughs> fruit-based wines. Um, they make them there. We got to do a tour of their winery, and really, really neat. So I love it. I order it online and have it shipped all the way to Ohio. <laughs> Interesting name in this time. I know. I thought Florida, about that Florida afterwards. Fever. Kind of bad choice. Florida Fever. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting. I've never heard of it, and it's certainly – I love the non-grape. Well, Wendy, I think that's the first for – we've had fruit wine that's not grapes, right? I think um, it's fair to say. I think so. I, I think so. I, unless – I mean, I was probably drinking some because that's very popular wine in South Dakota. Uh, because you okay. can't – you can't – I mean – there's not a lot of grapes that are going to grow in South Dakota. So <laughs> most South Dakota wine is fruit, fruit wine, which I think is so funny to say because grapes are fruit, but if right. you say fruit wine, you mean non-grape. So anyway, I digress. Let's move on. Oh, I, I like this talk about fruit wine. I can remember in the seventies when my parents, my parents had friends that made everything at home, like blueberry oh. and fig and all these crazy things. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was a child. I didn't drink it. But I can remember my parents having bottles of this stuff in oh. the basement for years because my parents were not wine connoisseurs at all. I remember my relatives trying to make watermelon wine. Ooh, that was <laughs> leave, leave it to the professionals. <laughs> that just sounds like a bad college experience. Yes, I got to say, so. Melanie. Again, we are really excited that you're here with us, and I'm, I'm glad we're having a conversation about wine that's not grape based for once. I have to ask, we know what you're doing now. And again, I'm, I'm excited to talk a little about here in the next few minutes, but how exactly did you get your start in human resources? Well, I was lucky enough to graduate college in 2008 when the economy was tanking. I had a hard time finding a job and I landed at a great uh, family run manufacturing company in a customer service role. I had previous to that been at, at a bank, uh, waited tables, kind of did a number of different things, but I got to do customer service there. And they never had an HR department. They were smaller with about 80 employees. And it was kind of split between the finance and the manufacturing departments. I was getting ready to have my daughter and I was considering not working at all. And my boss and the CEO came to me and they said, okay, 
We really want you to stay. We think you're great. You have a degree in psychology. So would you like to try this HR thing? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll try it. And they said, well, you can work part time. You can work some from home. We'll be super flexible with you. So the first year I did HR, it was part time. But then as I realized what I didn't know, I learned how much more needed to be done. And um, from there, just kind of grew the role. The company grew as well. Um, and I had opportunities, thanks to them, um, to get my SHRM certification at that time while I worked for them. I got my MBA while I worked for them. Um, so they were wonderful and really supported me in my, my growth. So that's how I, how I got started. Very cool. You know, most of your experience has been with utility or utility adjacent type work, manufacturing. What are some of the HR challenges that you have found working in that type of industry? So our industry, this is a unique problem. There's not a lot of turnover, which is great from that perspective, because honestly, recruiting is my least favorite part about HR. I hate it. Uh, lots of good recruiters. And I love you all because I, I am not meant to be that. So for me, it's it's been wonderful in that way. But that has its own set of problems with people um, that have ideas that they've always had for the last 20 years and just continuing in those same processes. Um, so in some ways, there's not a lot of fresh new development. And I find that it's it's hard to integrate the younger, newer employees because they kind of butt up against that uh, with people who have been there for such a long time. So I would say that's probably a unique challenge. I don't know, John, if you have the same, you know, concerns in your area, but I feel like that's pretty industry wide from people I know. The electric utility industry is very interesting from the standpoint that, yes, you have this incredible pool of talent that has been in it forever because it is a very solid, well-paying job. Most companies have very solid benefits. Many areas it's, it's represented work. It's a really solid opportunity and people make a career out of it. Absolutely. I think what's been interesting and, you know, having been around the business now for almost 20 years, just in the utility world, what was interesting is watching, particularly when I worked for a utility, there was no in-between. It was either really, really experienced people or really, really junior people. And you didn't have this mid-level career type that, you know, the let's say the 10 to 12 year experienced person. And so now you're seeing finally we, what we heard about the wave of retirements three, four, five years ago, six years ago, even as the economy has shifted, a lot of those folks are finally have finally retired. Maybe you know, this year is probably, I don't, I don't know about there, but probably not seeing as much this year. But last year you saw a lot of people retiring and you've got this dearth of talent in the middle. Were no, because nobody hired. And so I, that's, I was curious, particularly working in the co-ops, you know, I know a lot that have partnered to try to develop the talent. It's not something you necessarily go to school to figure out. And it's certainly not something you can do for 12 weeks or a year and fi- and have it figured out. This no. is the, Again, I'm excited we're having this conversation. You and I may be the only people excited when this show comes <laughs> out. That's okay, because I get to talk about this for once and I'm so excited. <laughs> I know a few more others in our in our industry that may be excited. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's it's just so I'm you know manufacturing was just so much turnover uh, from entry level to mid level to C suite. I mean, so much turnover. And this has just been I've I've been in this role for a couple of years now, and it's just still <laughs> a culture shock. And in, in some ways, I'll run against something. And I'm like, oh, this is different than what I'm used to. But again, I, I love the stability, like you said. I mean, 
you know, we're not laying people off, you know, electric still going strong, right? Especially now people working from home, they need it more than ever. Um, So it kind of leads into, you know, other topics like, you know, we've been struggling with making sure we have people on deck to keep everybody's electric going. You know, we can't shut down. That's not possible for us. I think, Wendy, you would also appreciate and and you'd understand, too, that just like healthcare, the industry is so regulated, local, national, Department of Transportation, for example. I mean, you've got all these different oversights. It is very similar to healthcare in that it has a lot of these compliance challenges. Melanie, I think you'd agree. It's it. I think that's that's another layer. So when it is hard, sometimes we look at creative ways to do different things. But I think back to your you know your your point earlier about the fact that people have kind of been there and done that. There is some hesitancy to change because there's so much stuff. There's so many rules. There's so many processes and procedures you got to follow to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about beyond kind of the day to day or with that. Just like us, you've worked throughout COVID because, like you said, the lights have got to stay on. Talk a little bit about some of the opportunities that have come up, maybe opportunities and challenges that have come up in the co-ops and the utilities, and particularly in HR when it comes to COVID in the last many months. So it's been hard to balance that. Safety is our number one. I mean, safety overall, uh, number one thing that we have. You know, we want everyone to go home safe. Uh, We don't want anyone to get hurt. Um, And in our industry, it's super dangerous for the line crew. So definitely focus on safety. So with COVID, it's, okay, how do we weigh the employee's safety? Do we need to send people home? How do we manage that? aspect, but also meet the needs of the people who depend on us every day. You know, we supply different industries, different healthcare, different school systems, um, you know, all these people's homes. How do we, they need us to be there. So finding that balance has been uh, difficult in some ways. And we did do a partial uh, work from home and that forced us to really lean more on technology where we hadn't done that before. Um, so there was some opportunity there to grow and learn some new things. And in some ways we did really well. In some ways it just didn't quite work because we truly need to be together to make some of the decisions. And if there's emergency situations or things like that that come up, you know, we have to to be there to to make things happen. So that that's been a challenge is balancing those two. And then especially we have jobs that they can't wear masks. So because of safety issues, so keeping those people safe has been a challenge too, safe from COVID. But thankfully, I'm going to knock on wood, right? We, we've not had any employee cases of COVID um, or, or close calls, really. So we're just thankful. It seems like our employees are all, since we are such a safety conscious culture, they seem to be that way in their personal lives too. Everybody talks about it and we, all the time. So I'm, I'm thinking that that's helping that as well. So do you, do you think there's going to be some long-term changes to the industry that COVID has maybe brought about? Um, and some I've seen in other companies, they have gone completely remote and they're still that way. And they plan to stay kind of more that way or more in a hybrid model. So I think, yeah, as an industry overall, I think it's going to um, cause some to reevaluate that. For us, where we are, it just didn't seem to work that well with the way we're set up and the uh, people that we have. But for others, it, it it seemed to. So, and that remains to be seen. I think that'll come and that'll be tested over time and see how well they respond, you know, in, in emergencies and things like that. But I think overall, it, it will cause the industry to shift. But this industry is typically, I feel like, 
10 years behind the rest of the world. So where the rest of the world is going on virtual, we may be there in 10 years. I don't know. Unfortunately, we can't fix power lines remotely. That, no, that right. Just doesn't work. <laughs> right. I mean, there's, there's some things you just can't. Yeah, there's some things you just that just can't be done remotely. They just can't. And, and so no. having those conversations about, you know, can some of your staff be remote while some some are still in the office? Because that is, I mean, you're still protecting people. You know, if you don't have everyone in the office in the same spot, you it's a little easier to social distance and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I know there's a lot of struggle around that. Yeah. And <laughs> we honestly, where we're at, we're not super, super rural, but a lot of places are and their access to Internet is a significant problem for even our employees. So it, it doesn't it just doesn't work um, in that way. But we, we've done a pretty good job internally of lining up keeping everybody separate inside the building. Um, We mark X's where you can be to talk to somebody, you know, that kind of thing. So it it feels, I feel pretty safe. Honestly, I was apprehensive going back in after being away for so long. But now, I mean, I feel pretty safe going in. I don't, I mean, I feel more scared to go to the grocery store, right? (laughs) Than I do, you know, going to work where it feels more controlled. And I know everyone's wearing a mask and I know everyone's washing their hands and using the hand sanitizer and all of that. So I think we've done a pretty good job of keeping people safe on the inside now that we've been able to bring people back in. You're pretty new to the HR Twitter community. What prompted you to join and and what keeps you uh, coming back for more? This is a great question. I spent some time reflecting on that today because I couldn't remember um, when I really started. I I looked and I had joined Twitter like eight years ago on this account. I'm like, what was I? And I hadn't posted anything or shared anything. So I'm not sure what I was doing then. Early on in my HR career, somebody told me about Steve Brown. And I know I started following him and he's local. Uh, you know, local-ish to me. And so I thought that was really cool and um, started following him early on. But it wasn't until I got signed up to go to SHRM 19 and they started pushing the SHRM, uh, the blogger thing. And that's when I really saw um, a lot of the HR community. I went and looked and I posted something on Twitter, like one of my first actual posts about SHRM 19. And Wendy, you were the first one who commented on my post. <laughs> and you're like, come <laughs> see me at this booth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Wendy. Like I, did, I didn't remember, <laughs> but I, I saw that and I thought that was, that was super cool. And then, um, Claire Petrie also commented and I started following her. That's kind of how I got started. But honestly, it wasn't until like maybe six months ago or even maybe pre-COVID, just before COVID, when I really was starting to wanting that community and, and wanting, you know, that connection with people and got back on Twitter for some reason and found you all. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, I participated in a Twitter chat back in February, I think. COVID kind of kept us all apart physically. For me, I've found a lot of meaning in the connections that I found online through the Twitter community. I mean, it just means it means so much to me, like that I have people that will reach out and say hi or reach out and say, hey, you know, would you like to connect and actually talk about this? And and so that's been so awesome just to have people care about you genuinely and reach out and want to help you. So I, I just can't express my thanks enough to that. Wendy, I think you set that up. I think you remembered that you were the first person to reply to her. <laughs> Wait, that's why I, you asked. I did not actually, because I was I was doing some research. Yeah, yeah. When I was doing, and I didn't even I I didn't even think of Sherm nineteen, but yeah, 
Um, you told me to stop by for the HR social hour chat, and I didn't do nice. it. And oh. I should have done well, it. Well, you should have done it. And I don't know what I was doing instead, but it was not as important as that. No, it was so. not. It was not. So um, we'll have to, the next time we see you, we'll have to do some, uh, uh, get some blue lemonade with vodka um, in it just to catch you up. Yes, please. <laughs> I love it. Well, Melanie, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. First question for you is what career did you dream of having when you were a child? I asked my mom this question because I couldn't remember exactly. I know I wanted to be a a veterinarian. There was a long time. I, I love animals and we lived in an old farmhouse with barn cats and kittens. And I always was trying to get them to love me. And so I just always wanted to be a veterinarian. But my mom always told me I should be a lawyer because I like to argue all the time and I like to be right. So I I kind of go with that. I never went down that path, obviously, but uh, either one of those. They're, they're so close, you know, <laughs> it's a toss up. Melanie, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? You know, I have I have two that kind of stick out to me. Uh, Tracy Spannenberg, she is awesome to listen to, and I attended her session at Sherm 19, so I remember her from that. And I love following her on Twitter. Very genuine, refreshing. I like that she's introverted, like me. I like to do things like this, but I'm truly introverted, so I appreciate people who are <laughs> similar like that very much. Um, and then Kate Bischoff, I love her following her too. She, you know, being an employment law lawyer. I'm like, oh, that's kind of my dream job, sort of, if I had the energy for it. (laughs) But I I love how just blunt and factual she is. So I think everyone should follow both of those and the HR community in general. Kate is a ray of effing sunshine. (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed at that. That was great. (laughs) And that's such a Kate quote, too. Um, Yeah. Um, I think we would agree with your your uh, recommendations there for sure. Uh, so, Melanie, uh, a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What do you tell them? They need to truly understand uh, both the business that they're in and that they want to be in um, so they can be a great business partner. And then also to be an expert in their in the HR field. Um, I think that's super important. If you you know give answers that are incorrect or or lead people the wrong way, then they're not going to keep coming back to you for more advice um, and for help and to partner with them. So I think both of those are are truly key. Melanie, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? So I help people who are studying for their SHRM exam. I teach a class, not all of the class. I teach several several of the classes for it. And so I really try to work with those uh, individuals and help them prep and learn um, so they can uh, expand their knowledge and, you know, pass the certification on the first try. Uh, that's super important. But, you know, in general, I love to connect with people. We have a local HR group that I love being connected with, and I like being a resource for them and sharing knowledge and learning from them as well. What is your favorite movie? Oh man, I've been thinking on this all day. (laughs) Um, It depends on what mood I'm in. There are days that I need a sappy love story movie and it's going to be sleepless in Seattle every time. (laughs) And then forever. 
And even as a parent, you know, Tom Hanks, when Jonah is at the top of the Empire State Building and he can't find him and he runs to the doors and he yells, Jonah. And I just like want to ball as a parent. So even that part of it, too. So I'd have to say that's my favorite, favorite sappy movie. But if I'm doing uh, if I need to pick me up, honestly, I love Office Space. <laughs> that is my favorite. I'm not going to lie. A it's a guilty pleasure. Uh-huh. How about your favorite musician or band? My husband and I love Kings of Leon. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. They're not super popular. Um, they have like two hits that people know, but honestly, those are probably my least favorite songs. The The rest of the albums are all my my true favorite. We've been to several of their concerts, my husband and I, and it is just the best time. So uh, I always am listening to them. They're good. I, I haven't, again, you're bringing up some like, oh, I need to add those to my uh, my morning commute. I have not listened to the Kings of Leon in forever. They released a single earlier this year during quarantine time, and oh, it was wow. called Going Nowhere. <laughs> and nice. it's it's gorgeous, and it was perfect timing, and I was hoping it was meaning they were going to release their eighth album, but so far, no other news. But I'm still crossing my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> How about a favorite TV show? I love the... Um, epic tv shows so i love game of thrones till the end um i loved lost um i love watching outlander that's one of my favorites but i'm not a huge tv person i don't sit down and watch tv on a super regular basis but um if i'm doing something and want something on in the background i pull up Shit's creek and laugh my butt off <laughs> Love and it. you guys are the ones who told me about Shit's Creek. I was listening to a podcast and somebody <laughs> said it. And I'm like, oh, I'll look up this show. And oh my gosh, it's been phenomenal. So it, it is awesome. I was yes. a little, I was all set to watch the final season. Didn't realize the final season wasn't on Netflix yet. Me too. <laughs> I thought like, the what? fifth season was the final season for a long time. Uh-huh. And then I realized it wasn't. And I was so happy. And then I realized it wasn't on Netflix. And I was so sad. And so I'm anxiously waiting for what I think October, they said yeah. it'll come on yeah. Netflix. So I yeah, <laughs> I because I and I love their gifts, uh, especially on Twitter, because I, I, I use them a lot because they're just so fitting. And I've, I've noticed there's a few from the final season coming out. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't use these gifts anymore because I don't think it's going to give anything away. But yeah. yeah, no spoilers. None, none, none. <laughs> no, no spoilers. <laughs> well, Melanie, we're starting with you on Office Space. <laughs> we have tried desperately to find that streaming somewhere to do it for a movie night. And it's just not, well, it's not for free. You know what I mean? In other yeah. words, it's not on one of the platforms. Maybe someday we'll just throw caution to the wind and yeah. see yeah. if people will pay for it. I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to tell you, my, my only recognition of Kings of Leon, uh, the song that came out uh, like 10, 12 years ago, you somebody, that song. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm singing again. <laughs> when bad two weeks in a row. <laughs> when my friend's son was, I don't know. He he may have been three. He used to lip sync that song, and it was the funniest. He would sit in his little car seat and be in the back, moving his mouth. It was priceless. It was like you know pre YouTube entertainment, and it was really that was really that's my vision of that band and that song is just this little three year old kid just going nuts in the back seat and moving his mouth just right along with it. That is funny. If you're not watching Sleepless in Seattle or Off Space, you're not listening to Kings of Leon, you're not watching the epic shows Lost or Outlander or Shit's Creek, which I don't know, I'd say it's epic. 
it's good. I don't see it the same. Anyhow, if you're not doing those things, what else do you like to do outside of work? I love to read. I actually really like to play video games. I don't play as much as I would if I had a didn't have a job. But I do enjoy playing video games, usually co-op games with my husband. That's where it's fun for me is, you know, both of us playing together. Or uh, my son's been learning Minecraft. So playing playing with him has been really fun, too. So, yeah, I mean, and I, I'm a homebody. I like to be home. We're not big social butterflies, but I do get wanderlusty. And I like to travel. Like once every quarter would be perfect for me. So I'm kind of itchy right now because it's been a while. <laughs> What's the co-op game of choice these days? <laughs> Like, what'd you say? The co-op game of choice? Yeah, with your husband. What's, oh, like, what's oh, the game of choice? Um, I love Borderlands. And okay. um, right now, actually, we're playing Stardew Valley, which is an older one. But, oh, yeah. Um, okay. yeah. yeah. You said co-op, and I'm thinking work. Well, you said co-op games. I didn't even <laughs> register either, but yes. Uh, partner games. Yes, like sorry. Borderlands <laughs> and Stardew Valley. Yes, yeah. Okay, cool. Finally, Melanie. It is Melanie Hellman Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? We are all laying on the beach by ourselves. <laughs> um, not because it's COVID time, but because we like to be by ourselves. And we're not getting burned by the sun, but it's so warm that it feels so good. And we're drinking a fruity vodka drink and reading an awesome book. I love it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Mostly because I've never not burned. I I know, me neither. I always burn. (laughs) So that has to be a condition. We can't burn. I love it. (laughs) I guess I'm surprised you're not drinking Florida fever as opposed to something else. But other than that, it sounds like a plan to me too. We really do appreciate you coming in tonight and joining us and just being part of our community and the conversation. I know most of the listeners are probably already connected with you, but if they're not, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? Oh, Twitter is uh, the best way for sure. So I'm at Melanie underscore Hellman on Twitter. We will have that in the show notes. And Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you? Uh, best way is on my blog. That is mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, please join us on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our HR Social Hour Twitter chat. <laughs> How about you, John? Well, again, want to remind you that this is going to be pledge the first annual yeah. HR Social Hour Pledge Drive month. Hashtag listen to HRSH as you share shows over the next few weeks. And again, we'll have a gift uh, that we will be sending out to those of you that pledge in that way. Uh, but for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialrpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share. International listeners, you know the deal. We're coming for you. Melanie, again, appreciate you being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 